trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
same show, same host, different topic. This is the Topical Resort. And with that, welcome officially back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just had there was from Dengeki Bunku Fighting Climax. Arguably the best exclusive Sega title for the PS Vita, actually. That was the ending theme, which is just a remix of the beginning theme. So, the credits version, basically. It's just a bit of a longer version of the standard one that plays in the intro. Before that, an absolute tune, and people down in the chat room seem to love it. From Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, that was Normal World 2, Clay Temple. I am so surprised I've never heard that one before, but while I was um, trying to find some sound extra soundtracks for this episode, I came across that one and just fell in love with it completely. But with that in mind, welcome to another week here at the Top Crew Resort. We've got some interesting chats going down in the Discord right now. Speaking of, radioessie.jf forward slash Discord. Currently we have myself, Electric Boogaloo, Fairy Tex, J-Meme, and earlier on we had some others such as Mirko, uh, Rexy, and Doan. But now, if, as well, I've got to say, if you're lurking, or perhaps if you don't like Discord or you're on Twitter or something else, if you want if you want to out yourself, just let us know. Otherwise, we appreciate you listening in the background. But even just putting on the show and you know, listen to it while you do other stuff is very much appreciated. And also, if you're a podcast listener, hello to you too. You're also very appreciated. And I've got to say, we are one of the only Radio Sega shows that actually regularly updates the podcast. So, don't know what's up with that. Perhaps we should get back onto doing it more regularly. But either way, if you do listen over there, I definitely appreciate it. It makes it makes the effort of putting them up every week worth it. I'd say. But yes, PlayStation Vita, as I mentioned last episode, this is the last handheld that we have to talk about. Because, or last non-Sega handheld, because we've still got the Game Gear to cover, but we've done everything else now. There is one that I'd actually like to go back to, because I don't really like the episode, and I think it's got so many great tracks on it that I could definitely... I could... <laughs> Jamie, goddammit, I'll read it out in a second. But I feel like, you know, I could definitely make it a lot better and pick some better tracks and give it a bit more variety than it had before. So at some point, and nowhere in the near future, I will be fixing that, hopefully. As actually Boogaloo points out, yes, it is the only Radio Sega show now for a regular podcast because the Manic Monday show came to an end on Monday, funnily enough. It didn't come to an end on Tuesday. But yes, our long-running Radio Sega Live show that's been going since September of 2015 has ended for a second time. This time apparently it's permanent though. We'll believe it when we see it, Casey. But with that in mind, what becomes the new flagship? Well, it's obviously Sega Mixer Drive, but uh, we can pretend in our hearts that... I don't know. Um, last week's topic, Veritex, was 2D Sonic games. This week's topic is the PS Vita. Hopefully, despite you, you know, not liking the Vita, we can still get on some good tracks. And, uh, I say this, but in the next block, we got one which you definitely won't like. We saw, we got some, uh, great tracks on tonight's, on tonight's request pool. For example, let me just read out some of them. We've got classics like A Certain Mag- 
a certain magical virtual on, which is just added to the playlist. We've got obviously both the Fighting Climax games. We've got Jet Set Radio. We have the Persona Dancing games. Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. Valkyra Revolution, that is not a respect game at all. Pure Pure Tetris. Fantasy Star Nova and Fantasy Star Online 2 are just some of the well-known ones. We've also got some classics with great soundtracks such as one of my personal favourites, The Caligula the Caligula Effect and Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. Of course, I'd like to mention as well, next week we do have an off-topic episode, so that massive list that I just read you there will not be eligible, because instead you can request anything you want. We try to keep it to Sega, but sometimes we do allow some exceptions and some non-Sega stuff. And as well, if you sent in requests this month that I haven't played, they are also eligible to be played on that show, if you keep that in mind. Yes, the PS Vita, I'd actually like to know some of your opinions on the <laughs> on the console slash handheld down below. Because obviously we got resident Sony fanboy Mirko, who's quite a big fan of the thing. I quite like the Vita myself, I've been trying to pick one up lately but just haven't really been very successful because they're still quite expensive. I have the like Vita TV box, which we'll be discussing in the next segment. But can we request meme songs next week? No. <laughs> Callum asked me the same thing. No, no, it, it ain't happening, boy. Yeah, um, the Vita TV, I have that, but it, I can't play half the games that I wanted to talk about today on it. So... I haven't been able to get some impressions of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about sadly but what, what can you do that in mind we've also got a few more faces down here we got II as well he just joined us let me see if we got anyone on the Twitter feed we do not yes with that in mind I think we're gonna get into some more music and we're gonna kick things off with a track from a pretty well respected game followed by one which will be Marmite for a lot of people but I thought this is the most iconic, for the second one I thought, it's the most iconic track from the Vita lineup of the franchise, so I thought I may as well just slot it in there. First of all, let's get into a track from Puyo Puyo, Tre Puyo, Puyo Treacherous, yeah, Treacherous Puyo Tetris. This is Tectonic Tetro at War, and when we come back we'll be discussing the history of the Vita, but for now, enjoy the music.
Up next, Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radioese.ga forward slash history. Well, once again, that track's just faded way too early. I left this software for for a month or two, and then it just broke completely. Welcome back. And what you just heard there was from Hatsune Project Eve Second. However, that that's a PSP game. Why was that there? Simple reason: because it was also in Project Eve F Second. That was just be friends, which I would argue is probably the most well-known track in that game, in my opinion. And for that from Puyo Puyo Tetris, that was, um, what did I call it? Treacherous Puyo Tetris. No, de- Tectonic Tetro at War. It's a bit of a tongue twister, I must say. And I just want to say as well that Jamie is currently getting roasted down in the chat room. The roast of DJ Meme is back because he was mentioning how his micro SD card didn't work. And, um, well, knowing our chat room, where do you think that conversation went? Obviously, dismissing the S part of that and then just shortening it to micro D doesn't work. Glorious, but Veritex has brought up the, the very good point, haha, <laughs> that was such a good joke, that Thunder Force 4 is coming to Nintendo Switch. And that's true, so is Sonic 1, and they're both coming in August, and they both seem to be really good ports. A lot of people are crying that it's not the Taxman version of Sonic 1, but it still looks really good, i got to say, because it's got the spin dash, it's got the drop dash, it's got the option to use the Mega Play version, it's got the option to use the Japanese version, it's got time attacking stuff. Tons of features and it only costs you £6. And a lot of people are like, but that's, that's way too expensive, which I actually disagree with, because £6 for six pound for a game with that much content compared to just putting a Mega Drive ROM onto the eShop. That's good value for money. Same with li- Lightning Force. That's got a lot of new content, or a lot of content which has been in other ports at least. But you know, a lot of bang for your buck versus just buying a ROM on the eShop. Six pound, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely going to be picking it up. Maybe streaming it when it comes out. Maybe streaming it on the Radio Sega Twitch channel. Ooh, we have one of them now, do we? Yeah, we'll be getting into that a bit more next week. But I'll have a go at trying streaming those when I get released on the Switch eShop. That in mind, I think we should get into the Hasty History segment because it was announced quite a while ago and um, we haven't been doing it. We've been talking about other stuff, so... Of course, we couldn't go for anything else other than the history of the Vita itself, so let's begin. It was released in Japan in December 2011 and in the rest of the world in February of 2012. It was a success to the popular PSP line of handhelds. Whereas Nintendo attempted to revolutionise with a 3D display, Sony attempted to revolutionise by adding a rear touch panel and a gyroscope to the device, allowing for new gameplay possibilities. A PSP 2000 was released with an LED screen versus the original OLED screen, better battery life and a new design. I don't know when it was released because apparently I didn't write that down. One of the more bizarre versions of the beta... <laughs> beta? Nope, that, I, I was reading a DM. One of the more bizarre versions of the Vita to be produced, however, was the PSTV, a Vita packed into a small box which could be plugged into the TV and controlled via a PS4 or P- PS3 or PS4 remote. Interestingly, the console refused to play almost half the games available for the handheld without hacking, which then reveals that many of the block titles are actually perfectly playable. It's a very odd situation. Most people are fairly confident they did that to push people over to the Vita at the end of their life, because, for example, bringing this game up again, Fighting Climax, despite the fact it's fully compatible when you hack it, 
it's blocked from playing on, on under normal circumstances on the Vita TV to push sales over to the actual Vita console. Very odd. The handheld quickly lost its traction gain due to due to the lack of first party and third party exclusives on top of the fact that many of the ports it did receive were lackluster. After it was clear that the Vita was going down as a failure, Sony saved face by introducing a new feature which is still widely used today, PS4 Remote Play. This allowed you to stream your PS4 to your Vita and play it on the handheld, with the internet being a big factor into how well it played. Imagine something like... Uh, God, what's the name of it? I've, I've completely forgotten. Parsec, that's it. When you're streaming your PC to another PC. Something like that. And Electric says it was 2013 when the Vita 2000 came out. Thank you, Electric. Sales of the PS Vita have never actually been released, but they are estimated to be around 10 to 15 million. Sony, as of now, has not made a success to the Vita or a new handheld due to the financial loss from the project, although new handhelds have been teased since. Ooh, that's a very cryptic end. And with that end, Hasty History becomes, comes the beginning of the request resort, so if you'd like to request any Sega music on the PS Vita, let me know, send me a DM on Discord, I'm greenviper8, hashtag 6383 over on our Discord server. Or you can send us a message on Twitter, at Radio Sega, at Topical Resort, at the Green Viper 8, or you can use the hashtag Topical Resort. But that is all the ways you can get in your requests. And I feel the need to mention now as well, because I didn't talk about it in the beginning, the fact that we're going to be we're going to be talking about a bit here about Sonic Mania Plus, because as you know... It, it released this Tuesday, and me and Callum, I don't know if Callum's listening right now, but he sent me a message <laughs> about ukulele. But, yes, Sonic Mania Plus released on Tuesday, however, both of us got it on Saturday, and I steamed through Encore Mode, and through both the Mighty and Ray campaigns, and I want to know your opinions about this as well. I don't want to spend too much of the episode on this today, but I want to know what you thought of Sonic Mania Plus. In my opinion... For a like four pound bit of DLC, it does exactly what it needs to do. It introduces two new characters with unique abilities, and it also it does introduce new encore mode. In that sense, it's pretty good, but it is missing a few things you would really expect in the mode and in the new campaigns for Mighty and Ray. It's it's missing them. So in that way, if you spent thirty pounds. I think no. If you already own Sonic Mania and you rebought it, I think you would be a bit disappointed unless you're someone who's like ultra hardcore like me. But overall, I was a bit disappointed because it wasn't much a situation where, oh, that was good, but I still want a bit more because that's the perfect way to sort of feel in relation to games and movies and that sort of stuff. But it was more so a feeling of, what? You only gave me the main course. Where, where's the dessert? Or, you know, where's the vegetables? Where's the where's the side plate? It was that feeling of, I've been, I've, been, I've been cheated here. You've done some parts perfectly right, but you've missed out one incredibly important thing. How did you do that? That's sort of my feelings about it. It wasn't a feeling of, oh, this is, this is so good, but I want a bit more. It was, I feel like I've been starved a bit here. You've missed out a key, key component of my dinner. That was sort of how I felt about it in a way. Um, a few people... Jamie says, no spoilers on Encore Mode, please haven't completed. There was no intention of giving spoilers. <laughs> but very text too late on that one. He's already said, Encore Mode spoiler, after you complete it. 
it's over. Electric says, bittersweet, since not only did I have money for Mania Plus yet, but because Gravity Rush 2's online mode sunsetted that day. Because they extended Gravity Rush 2's online for like six months or something, and then they went, yeah, let's just shut it down anyway, can't be bothered. Can't be bothered maintaining this server, which probably still gets more active users than FIFA 14. And Electric does bring up the very good point of it's a missed opportunity that there wasn't any alternate tracks in the Encore modes, especially the Sonic CD stages. From... Actually, no, that's not from what we know, because we know that all of the Encore stages were composed... God's sake, Callum. Uh, all of the Encore stages were composed by... God. All the new tracks in Sonic Mania Plus were composed by Hunter Bridges rather than T. Lokes. Which means that he would have had to do them rather than T. Lopes, and I imagine that's part of the reason, but also it was probably a time limit thing. I wanted to push out the door as quick as possible. But yes, just one last push if you like a request from any of the games on the list, which is on the website, send them over and we'll be sure to play them. We've, got, we've, only, got, we've only got three requests in the queue right now, so I think unless people start rapidly sending in some related requests then we're going to have to stick on doubles. So if you send in two requests, I'll probably end up taking them. Um, let's just see what you guys have been sending me quick. <laughs> okay, that was, that was a funny message. Do -do 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 -do, I'm a Christian. Yeah, oh god, we're not, we're not getting into this too much on the show, because uh, it's not really related to Sega, but... Uh, the, the Butch Hartman Kickstarter drama where he revealed that the streaming service that he manipulated people basically into paying $250,000 for was actually a Christian streaming service aimed to convert children to Christianity and just the memes that have come out of it have been excellent but if you donated to that ooh, I, I'm sorry that you um, put your money into such a thing we, it was lied to because I mean it obviously would have been less of an issue if he just said it was a Christian streaming platform, but it was the fact that it only came out after it was funded. Like, scam artist. But, yeah, what can you do? Actually, I know what you can do. Please send him some requests. <laughs> I'm filling time. I really shouldn't. I should just get into what we've already got. So we're going we're gonna to go into a request from Electric Boogaloo from a game which... A lot of people would falsely assume it would be shovelware just based on the fact that it's a sports game, but it's really not. It's a great video game. So, from Virtua Tennis 4, also known as Power Smash 4, this is Stage Music 1, right here on the Topical Resort. Request Resorts.
ぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬぬ
Ah, a nice relaxing bit of quartet. Just like some of the relaxing tracks in that block right there, M- minus the last two. What that was was from Hatsune Miku Project Diva Arcade, but however that was also a track that appeared in F, the original F. Lowercase F is supposed to capital F. <laughs> that was... Uh, World's End Dancehall, which is one of my favourite tracks from the series actually, because oh my god, it's got guitars in it, and I like guitars, funnily enough. Before that, from Super Monkey Ball, that was Jungle, as requested by Callum, and the original Super Monkey Ball isn't on Vita, however, Super Monkey Ball Adventure was on PSP, and they ported it to Vita, and that track is in Super Monkey Ball Adventure. It's a bit of a long, complicated process, but it counts. Before that was from the PS Vita home menu, that was the home menu, as requested by Callum as well, and I think Mirko requested it. Really nice chill track there, love the system UI music in from that, from the handheld. Another one from Project Diva, this time F Second, that was Soundless Voice, as requested, funnily enough, by Mirko. You wouldn't have thought he was a Project Diva man, but apparently he is. I somehow got him into it, it's worrying. For that from Fancy Star Nova, that was a request by J Meme, aka DJ Meme, aka Mr. Rexy Wonderfan, aka Mr. Rexy Wonderman, aka Jamie64326. That was Scarborough Fair, Juno version from Fancy Star Nova. And kicking off the block was a request from Electric Boogaloo that was an absolute tune from Virtual Tennis 4, that was Stage Music 1. And, um. Yeah, I, I guess Veritex. Like, because I was mentioning about the. World's End Dancehall because they completely changed the video in Project Eva Future Tone because it was this sort of this quite cool street fight sort of setting set around the 50s and then they go to a dancehall pretty much except in the Project Eva Future Tone version they just completely screw that all up and they have them standing in a white room and occasionally they stand in front of the moon like what? Who came up with that decision to change the music video? can't see the point myself. Uh, he, he mentions, is it like a street fight? Ryu versus Ken, Chumley. Chumley? No, definitely not. Chumley versus Kami. Yes, exactly like that, except with a lot less punches and a lot more shapes being thrown on the dance floor. Before this can possibly get any worse, I, I, need, to, I need to move on and talk about the games on our request list today because I, I would like to actually get into the call-in in a decent amount of time. So, a certain magical virtual on. Apparently the gameplay is really good, just no one likes the cutscenes because the whole premise of this game is it's a tie-in with the anime A Certain Magical Index, I believe is the title of it. And obviously yeah, they pile the virtual on mechs. All of the Virtual Lodden fans are complaining because apparently the kids... Oh, yeah, exactly, that's the right word, but apparently the people uh, piloting the mechs look too much like kids, which really annoys them, and Magical Index people don't like it because they don't like the idea of them in massive mechs. So I don't exactly know who this crossover was appealing to, but either way, it's got fantastic music by user Kajiro, it's on PS Vita and PS4, and apparently the gameplay is really good. So if you can look past the people piloting the mechs, being children, then you'd probably enjoy this one. Chain Chronicle 5, apparently a pretty good RPG, great music, check it out. Citizens of Earth, I just heard it was a bit meh. This is one that Atlas published, they sort of swooped in and published it because it wasn't going to be published otherwise. Maybe check it out. 
Dengeki Bunku Fighting Climax and Fighting Climax Ignition. Apparently really solid fighting games. Imagine sort of that crossover Mar- Marvel vs. Capcom style, but instead injected into sort of Sega franchises, because you got you got like Green Hill Zone as a stage, you got a few of the Sega Hard Girls fighters in there, you've got a bunch of other Sega fighters that I can't remember off the top of my head. Supposedly this is a really solid fighting game title that also has a few crossover elements in it just as a bonus. So if you're a big fan of fighters, check this one out on the PS Vita, and it's only on the PS Vita, it's not on PS TV, it's not on PS3. This is the only place you're going to find it, unless of course you hack your PS TV and play it with a proper controller, which I'd recommend. Because fighting games on a handheld? N- no, definitely not. By far the biggest presence in terms of series on the Vita is the Hatsune Miku series because, well, it's a Japanese series and the Vita did very well in Japan, so you can imagine they wanted to milk it for as long as possible on the Vita. So we have Project Diva F, Project Diva F Second, and <laughs> Project Diva X, a game which we do not discuss because I absolutely hate Project Diva X. F and F Second, I'd still say really good games. They have. An okay song selection, they got really good songs, and then some songs that are like, why would you put that in there? Oh, apparently Fighting Climax is on PS3 and PS4, I never knew that. I thought it was always Vita exclusive, in that case get it on PS3 and PS4. Yes, F and F Second, they have really good songs, they have some really questionable song choices, but so that overall just cancels it out to make it okay. The games themselves are really fun. F and F second have really good mechanics. Not as good as Future Tone on the PS4 in my opinion though. But Project Diva X is just a dreadful game. I've explained why I don't like this one before. I will quickly go over it again. They play the game plays exactly like Project Diva F and F second. Except the whole premise of the game is that the outfit you wear corresponds with sort of the unlockables you get and what rate you get them at. This is already a horrible idea, but it gets worse at the fact it's broken, so you pretty much always end up wearing one costume because it gets you the best unlocks. A dreadful idea, I don't know why you'd implement that in the first place, combined with the fact that music selection is also incredibly weak, just sort of makes for a no, why would you do that sort of game. I wouldn't recommend Project Diva X at all, especially considering the one saving grace would have been if we got it physically here in the UK, but we didn't, it's only digital whereas America got it physically, so that just completely killed any chance I wanted of getting it. Um, don't even get the demo, don't waste your time. I would mention Neptune vs Sega Hard Girls, a very good RPG apparently if you like the uh, Happy Dimension Neptune series. I don't know too much about it. I actually own this one. I won it back on the Sega-thon, which was a charity event that Gabby did back in 2015. Or Sega-thon 3 was the one he did in 2015. I sort of won it. I don't uh, I don't really know how it happened, but it was the special edition, and it was Japanese, so I never really played it, and I didn't have a PS TV. All of those combined to mean... Or all of those combined to be a long way of saying, I haven't touched the game. So I don't really know. I should get it on Steam, because they actually did put this on Steam about a year or so ago. Give it a bit of a chance there. Jet Set Radio. I was actually playing some Jet Set Radio Future Day. It's still a good game. The original Jet Set Radio I'm not a massive fan of. Like, it's an okay game, but I don't think it's aged particularly well. The controls are quite clunky. The visuals don't look as good as they could. 
the PC port is completely broken because it doesn't save. Overall, I'd recommend you check out Future More, but if, if you're looking for a fun, arcade sort of experience on the Vita, then Jetset Radio is a pretty good place to look. Just because I don't personally like it doesn't mean you won't get some mileage out of the original. Miracle Girls Festival. This is a bit of an odd game, because what if Hatsune Miku got even more weeby? And that's what Miracle Girls Festival is. It's a game that uses the same engine as the Miku games, so the exact same rhythm game sort of mechanics are there in this game. Except it's based around idols, and if you don't know what idols are, consider yourself lucky. It's basically normally a band of Japanese girls designed to be super cute and normally designed to wring you out of money and, quite frankly, sexual appeal, which is not not a particularly great concept to think about when you when you consider. So an entire game based around that and music even more weeby than Miku stuff. No, I, I've never touched this game for a reason. I have zero interest in this, but if it plays as solidly as the other games, then if you have an interest in idols, maybe check it out. I don't myself, so touching this game with a bit of a pole myself. Odin Sphere Life... Oh, I had to pronounce this two weeks ago and I've forgotten again. Life this year. Yeah, sure. Apparently a pretty good RPG. Persona 3, 4 and 5 Dancing. I explained my gripes with this one a little while ago. Yeah, it's got good music, but the rhythm game itself is pretty lacklustre in my opinion. Fantasy Star Nova, I actually don't know anything about it so I can't comment. Fantasy Star Online 2. Very good game, please bring it to the West. It's not going to happen. But apparently a pretty good game that's a good sequel to the original. Puyo Puyo Tetris, this game is on bloody everything. Any console you can imagine, this has been released on. So this naturally comes up in the Request Resort a ton of times. I'm not going to add anything else to my other statements. It's a good game, please buy it on whatever console you can. Except you have it on Xbox One, because then you've got to get it in Japanese. So it sucks to be you. I don't know why I didn't make it English on there. Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed, a game that is in English, however. Once again, comes up a lot, so I don't really need to sing my praises about this one. I like this game. It's fun. Pick it up on any, any of the platforms. But if you want a good portable edition, get it on Vita, because it's actually the console version just ported to the Vita. Unlike the 3DS version and the mobile version, which are two completely different games. Um, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Split. This isn't the same as the Wii game. This, however, is a very gimmicky Monkey Ball game that takes advantage of all the aspects. Takes advantage of all the aspects of the Vita as a console. Here, actually, it's supposed to be the best Monkey Ball since the days of Super Monkey Ball 2. However, I'm a big fan of 3D, which not many people say, but I do quite like Monkey Ball 3D. So we'll have to see how it stacks up when I actually get my hands on a Vita some point in the future. The Caligula Effect, apparently a pretty good RPG. I don't know anything about it except for it has an absolutely phenomenal soundtrack. Valkyrie Revolution, apparently a pretty horrible RPG on the other end of the spectrum. Don't check it out unless it's really cheap, because apparently it's going for around £10 now, despite the fact it released only last year. What can you do? 
Virtual Tennis 4, I would I would have thought it was shovelware, but apparently it isn't. It's supposedly a pretty good game and it's cheap as well. Check it out, because who doesn't like good, cheap games? Yes, if you've got an opinion on any of the games that we've discussed below, then why don't you get them in down on the Discord? We've also got DJ Jammin' J, who's currently joined us, so thank you for that. Uh, I says he liked DivaX. I mean, more power to you. I just didn't really care about DivaX. Electric Boogly says he'll stick to his PSP and Guitaru Man Lives. Never played it myself. Probably should if it's a good game. Forgot Transformers on Vita, says Jamie. Yeah. I think everyone did, to be honest. It's just sort of there. But it's supposedly a pretty good handheld version. Doesn't compromise anything from the console one. But it doesn't actually play on on PSTV once again. They locked it out despite the fact it works fine. Good old Sega. Except it's not Sega. Good old Sony trying to push people onto the Vita. Anyway, enough babbling. Let's get on some more music. So speaking of Hyperdimension Neptunia versus Sega Hard Girls, we've got one coming up right here. And you would have thought this was all screamy Japanese girl music, but it isn't. This is awesome RPG tunes. So, from the game, this is Toyopolis, and we'll be getting into the ever-so-troublesome topical thesis when we return. But for now, enjoy the tunes.
And with that, once again, welcome back to the Top of Resort right here on Radio Sega. Just had one right there, which is an absolute classic. You all know it. It's Seasonal Shrines, a remix of Itaden and Japonesque from Shinobi 3. And that was from Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. For that, a tune from Hyperdimension Neptunia vs. Sega Hard Girls. That was Toypolis, or Toyopolis, or however you want to say it. With that in mind, though, it's time to get into the topical thesis where I take an opinion that I've come up with or I've heard from around the Sega community, and I give my own spin, I give my three points for my three points against, and then I come to a justified conclusion based on whether I agree or disagree with the statement. And today's topical thesis is quite an opinionated one. I think we'll definitely get some good responses to it down in the chat room. So I want to know, today's topical thesis, was the PS Vita a failure? This one that I've been hearing quite a lot because everyone is so dead in their tracks that it's definitely a failure. Sony lost so much money. But weighing it up, is it really that much of a failure or a bit more of just a blunder? Here are my three points for. It's got a great library of titles to choose from, although it's sort of become infamous for its Japanese games. A fairly simple point here. There's quite a lot of good ports or good original titles to choose from on the Vita. There may not be many when you think about it compared to like other handhelds, especially something like the 3DS, which has a really strong lineup. It's still got a number of great titles. Yeah, and Electric says he calls Blunder. Good, good decision. I think there's a lot of good titles to choose from. A lot of them eventually got ported over to PS3 or PS4, which says a lot about their quality, but... It did become infamous due to the ever-growing ever pile of Japanese games and as well limited-run games because they like to make a lot of stuff on the platform. They would make games with only a thousand or so copies and then they would just release them and go, hey, here's this really obscure game that's now physical. Okay. But I think it does have a great library. On top of that, you've also got high-quality hardware and it's packed with unique features. Nowhere else, on any other handheld, on any other console, any other controller, will you find something as unique as a touchscreen on the back and the front. Now, as for how successful you think the concept of a touchscreen on the back was, it's certainly a unique feature which you can't say that you've seen anywhere else. And that's one thing I love about the Vita and why I wouldn't consider it a failure as such from a hardware perspective. Because it didn't really do anything wrong. It attempts to revolutionise. It didn't revolutionise, but that doesn't mean there was necessarily anything bad about the hardware itself. And that's actually a drawing point, the fact that it does have such unique hardware that's just only itself. You know, There's no other consoles competing with it, it with some of those features, so that's why I think maybe it might not have been a failure from the hardware perspective. And quite frankly, it offered a different experience to the handhelds that came, came before and after it. Now, obviously, we have the Switch, which was paved by partly the Vita and mostly the 3DS. That's different to anything before and after it. So is the Vita. It has different aspects of a handhelds that make it unique, as I said. But those different features just give you a completely different experience. Like something like Gravity Rush, for example. That's... You wouldn't find that on the 3DS, you wouldn't probably even find that on the Switch. It's just something completely different. And I think that's a drawing point to the handheld. 
However, for every point for, there must be a point against something that draws it back. So let's get into those three points against an electric that actually just gave me one, which I forgot to write down, but I was thinking of when I was writing this. Although the features it introduced were great, they failed to revolutionise stuff like, once again, the um, the backwards touch, or the touchscreen on the back of the device, um, but some other stuff. <laughs> the gyroscope, that's not really in in handhelds anymore. Those features, while certainly great, didn't exactly revolutionise because nothing that came after them ever used them or no new models of like the 3DS ever used them, the Switch didn't. Microsoft don't have handhelds so they, they can't exactly apply to this. But still, you, you do get the point here. There's there's great features but they didn't exactly catch, catch the market by storm. On top of that, we also had the fact that there wasn't really much there to entice a standard customer. Like, what could the standard customer get out of Vita that they couldn't get out of the 3DS? Once again, coming back to that, <laughs> what we keep mentioning, the features, yes, certainly, but why would they buy a Vita over the 3DS when the 3DS has a great library of games, first of all? Not saying that the Vita doesn't, but it's a very niche library of games. Versus the 3DS, which has something for everyone, it's cheaper, it's more ergonomic, and just in general, there's sort of reasons why you'd take that over perhaps a Vita. It's just less niche, and that's the slight issue. The standard customer isn't going to go to the Vita, but a customer with less specific or with more specific interests is more likely to go over there. So in a way, perhaps they could have capitalised on that with marketing, but they did, they chose not to. And on top of that, another point against, it sold poor figures in comparison to the 3DS and PSP. Figures had to come up at some point. Obviously, you're not going to sell as much of the juggernaut that was the 3DS. The PSP, while it did well, you're not going to sell as much as that either, even though we don't know the numbers. So, Numbers does unfortunately have to come into it when deciding whether something was a financial success or a financial failure. And in a way you consider the PSP a financial failure, but from everything else, was it really that bad? Let's find out in the conclusion. So in conclusion, while the Vita certainly wasn't successful, to say that it was a failure is a bit overdramatic. Sure it had sure it had a few flaws and suffered from the issue of later releases being a bit too niche. But overall, the handheld was a great. Overall, the handheld was great and didn't serve as too much of a financial loss to Sony. Meaning, in my eyes, it wasn't a failure, but I wouldn't so quickly brand it as a success. What's your opinion on that opinion? You have many different places where you can get in your opinion. You can get it in through Twitter at Radio Sega, at Top Cruise, or at the Green Vaporate. You can get it in through Discord, Radio forward slash Discord. You can get it in through Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega. Get it in through an email, topcruise.gmail.com, or you can get it in through a Radio Sega private message. I'm Green Vaporate over on the forums. All those different places you can get in your opinion. Now let's see what's come up on Twitter first and then we'll go over to Discord. Okay, nothing on Twitter, that's to be expected. I don't normally get much on Twitter. Uh, Jamie says Neptune vs Sega Hargoes on RS when? I've I've been wanting it on the playlist for so long. If I remember correctly I sent I sent the soundtrack to KC back in like twenty fifteen and uh, we're still waiting on it to be added. Maybe someday. As I, as I already said, Electric called it uh, a blunder. He's, but he says, at least it's still getting games every week. 
Merko says, I don't think it was a failure, at least not in Japan. I mean, a failure would have been somewhat similar to the Virtual Boy, which was just poorly executed, but the Vita is a fine handheld which lacks software. IS says, it's a great system, but going up against Nintendo Portable is just stupid. And Merko also says, once you get homebrew on the thing, I'd say it's definitely worth the money. I used the Vita a lot during on my vacation a few ago. A few ago. Not a few weeks, not a few months, not a few days, just a few ago. The point that I said Electric had made that I forgot to write down was, it's, he says, it's still wall crap that we have to deal with those expensive proprietary memory cards. Sony loves to put proprietary stuff, proprietary stuff on their hardware. M2 cards, anyone. I mean, I would have honestly rather they'd use the M2 cards because at least people ha- already have them, one, and two, SD card adapters for them exist. No SD card adapters exist for Vita memory cards. They only exist for the Vita uh, game cards. But, I don't I don't know why they did that. I guess it was just a suck of money out of people, but... 64 is probably ironically around the pro- actually no they're more expensive. 64 gigabyte Vita cards are like a hundred dollars. It's insane. On top of that, um, let's see what other people have been saying. Jamie says, of course you couldn't find Gravity Rush on Nintendo. It's a Sony franchise. Thanks for that one, Jamie. I couldn't have figured that out. And now Doom Girl has posted uh, the cl- the classic Jamie quote. Which was taken on the 14th of May 2018. That even made Yoshi look sort of sexy. The things she could do with that tongue. With that in mind, I think it's time to get back into the music and then get into the Discord call in. That sound good? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. So, a track from Jet Set Radio and then a track from A Certain Magical Virtual On. Both of these are tunes. Turn the volume up. Let's kick this off with Jet Set Radio. This is Yappy Feet, right here on the Topical Resort.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Discord Cooling. Yes, it's time for the Discord call-in. Apparently it was some people's favourite segment. I think that's probably been replaced with Test of Topicality by now, but we just said that was from a certain magical virtual on Streak of Black Sorrow. That's one that Ravsig's actually been requesting a lot on the 24-7. That's how I heard it. A tune. For that, speaking of tunes, from Jet Set Radio, that was Yappy Feet. And now it's time for the Discord call-in, where you can mostly discuss anything. However, today we are going to be discussing... The PSV, because I have someone in mind who I want to drag in today. So let me just message them. Type of Viper 8. We haven't had that from Lost Impact today. I haven't actually seen her all day. I don't know where she is. Normally would have got messages by now. What, what can you do? Correct answer is move on. I'm, I'm trying to fill time. <laughs> great, great time filling, I know. I could just talk about the Vita instead. But I, I do it like this. Let's drag him in. And welcome to the show, Marco. How are you doing today? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, our inside jokes that no one understands in the chat room. But um, yes, welcome to the show. Uh, what would you like to talk about today? Well, I think since it's about the Vita, we should just talk a little bit about the Vita, shouldn't we? Yeah, fu- fu- funny that. I was wondering if you had like any specific games you wanted to discuss, or just the console, or well, anything really. You know, um, today I just like first time I picked up the Vita again in like two weeks, I think, and I started playing um, Ratchet and Clank because I tried the 2009 game. I think it was a crack in time. I tried that on PS Now um, earlier today. I was just like, well, let's just play another one and just downloaded that from the PlayStation Store in quotes. Trademark. <laughs> Trademark, and just checked that out. Yeah, it's a nice game. Uh, out of interest, have you considered getting the PS4 one? That's apparently pretty good. And I say apparently yeah, I well, played it. <laughs> I, I want to get it because, like, I'm, pre- I'm not one that goes by graphics because I'm more one that enjoys the game, but the graphics on that game look really impressive. Yeah, they are, surprisingly. Because you'd you'd think, like, the, la- the last-gen Ratchet & Clank games look good. But yeah. that just looks incredible. Like, really impressive how it looks, actually. Yeah. I was surprised um, when I tried out PlayStation Now to, uh, today, and like how it worked. It just worked without lag, and you know, my internet connection is just really, like, on or off. Trash. Yeah, it's trash. And it just, it just worked. So, I was surprised with that, because any form of streaming just sort of hits the shitter once I try it, but PlayStation Now just worked, which surprised me. I mean, yeah, that's good to hear, at least. But, yeah, didn't you say you are going to try it on the Vita as well? You're going to have to re- give us some reports back on that, how it runs. Well, you mean PlayStation Now? Yeah, didn't you say Yeah, the Vita? thing is, um, it was available on Vita, but they cancelled uh. it. And I could get it somehow, but I don't think, uh, I don't know if it still works, or if the servers are still up, I don't know. But, yeah, you know you know, Sony, once they support don't support something anymore, they're just like, nah. You just leave it. Sky... Uh, why was that a thing on Vita, though? Skype on Vita? I, I don't know. 
there, there, there's still that Twitter app on Vita, which I still it have. Doesn't which work. Is, it, it works. That's oh, the they, thing. They, they it, but it doesn't support. Yet. It doesn't support uh, videos. It doesn't support um, 280 characters. So it's basically just the most basic Twitter client you can get. I don't know why Twitter. Twitter's normally pretty good for keeping their old clients up. Like you can still go back and use versions of Twitter. Yeah, I was surprised when I when I downloaded it that it still worked. That was like, okay, it's still here. It still works. You can still see. I think if you use TweetDeck, you can see that I tweeted from live tweet for PlayStation Vita. That's kind of weird. Trademark. Trademark. <laughs> But, um, okay, so Vita, I guess a different way to look at it was, what was your first experience with the console? Like, when did you first it? was play like, it, or? the first time I've had a Vita in hand was like 2013 in some tech store I was in. Like, I didn't see a Vita for a whole year after it was released here in uh, Germany. And I liked it, but I didn't really know where to put this because I didn't have a PSP. Um, back then, I just got a PSP like last year, you know that? And yep. I was like, yeah, it's cool, it's, it's Sony, it feels good, but uh, I, I don't know what games are on there. And last year, around uh, on my birthday, I got a Vita finally, and I was surprised how many good games are there. At first, I didn't know what to download, so I just went with some basic games. I had some, um, some games like Sonic Racing Transformed and all that other stuff which I had to sideload because my PlayStation Store didn't work and I don't know, but in the end it worked out. But then I, you, you got me hooked on that whole um, Hatsune Miku thing and I tried that and that was really fun. And I think a few weeks ago, uh, ago before my vacation, I also downloaded Minecraft to that thing, which is, I, I don't really like Minecraft, but like for a quick game on the go when you're in the car, it's really like relaxing and fun. Because you don't have to whip out your laptop or anything, you just can take the Vita and play it with proper buttons, which is a lot better than playing on your phone. I'm just sort of imagining that Doom meme of um, the guy's... It's like a Doom meme where he's having to go at the Switch version, because apparently it doesn't look good enough. He's like, well, on my PC I can get a 4K 60fps. <laughs> with, the, like, with the backpack. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's like, straps it to my back. Oh, look, it's even portable. I just sort of imagine that, except with Minecraft. <laughs> Switch peasants. Switch peasants gets a two thousand pound gaming PC, logs it on back. So it's even portable. That's yeah. the most epic way to play portably. <laughs> the thing is, there's probably someone who does that. I know. I want to find. Like on a daily. <laughs> it's like commutes on like the um on the underground <laughs> or something. And everyone just, just gives him weird looks. Like, uh, right, okay. He's just like, yeah, I'm a gamer. I have my gaming PC with me. I have my gamer gear with me, bro. <laughs> and when I'm on vacation. <laughs> but, uh, I guess, what's your general like, stance on the actual hardware? Like, the features of it? I really like the hardware. The only thing, you like, there's this one game for Vita where you can use the rear touchpad, like, yeah, there are only a couple of games of it, and I tried that out, and it's really confusing at first, but once you get into that, it's, it's really nice, it's a different way to play a game, but it was more sort of like a gimmick, like with um, the Nintendo Wii, which had that motion control thing, which was only used, like, it was used in a lot of games, but only worked, like, in Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort, and... The same with the Vita. It had like two games that used your touchpad, really. 
and the web browser also uses it. But yeah, the general stance on the hardware is it's it's good. It's properly made. Like it, it feels high quality. Even the couple of games you can get on it are great. And yeah, from time to time I still play it more than I thought when I initially got it. But yeah, I like the hardware. The the killer app right there, the web browser. There's a reason they don't include it in modern consoles, and that's that's partly because it's used to hack them every single time. But it's all right. I think it, it would. <laughs> Wait, go on. I think it was also used on the 3DS. They also had like an exploit on the web browser, which loaded you into the um, into the homebrew channel and everything. And also on the Wii U, like every single exploit for a console, like as you said, was out on a web browser. I don't- they were, they were smart on the Switch, they were like, do you know what guys, we're not going to include a web browser, but do you know what we are going to include? One of the most exploitable chips of all time. Yeah, let's put that in there, no one will hack it. Two months later. Oh, it's just like the this. big mood meme here, right? With the, with the sunglasses. PS4 still has a web browser, and surprisingly PS4 I don't think was hacked through the web browser. Xbox One, meanwhile, no hacks at all. Somehow. 360 didn't get any soft hacks uh, either, which was surprising because the Xbox, uh, the first Xbox, almost said Xbox One, such a stupid naming scheme, um, that got hacked rather easy with soft mods, which I was surprised when I got the 360 and it was like, whoa, you have to like put hardware into this, which completely threw me off. It's, it's weird, because surprisingly Xboxes have been fairly robust up until they just completely broke open the original one. Because, yeah. like, free, 360, it was pretty much hacked within, like, a week of being out, but that's, you still, to this day, can only do hardware stuff. Xbox One, like, has been out for almost five years now, and there's literally nothing except the yeah. hand dump. That's all I, they've done to it. But even PS, it's incredible that they just have like the PS4 exploits only work on older filmers. It's sort of like with with iPhone jailbreaking, where you have to be on like that specific version to crack it. And meanwhile, on the other side, PlayStation 3 just get, gets like a new exploit on the daily when a film wears out. <laughs> the day the film wears out, they're just like, yeah, we're going to yeah. crack it. Because I, Sony doesn't even doesn't even fix the um, the exploit debuts. Like they had a. I don't know what firmware the PSP is on, like, 4.83, I don't know. PSP, did you say? They just, like, hacked that thing once it was out. So Sony didn't even fix the bugs that were used to hack the PlayStation 3. Oh, it, I don't know, it's weird like that. But uh, th- this is actually a good um, segue right here. So this is a good time to actually host the show, considering... They just made it so that all the new firmwares are now hackable on PS Vita. I. It was impeccable timing, really, but yes, anything above 3.6 can now be hacked, supposedly, so if I eventually do get a Vita, I don't have to worry about getting a specific version, which will be good, but yes, homebrew for all, because that's the only way to get any life out of the console called Live yeah. in 2018. But even if you have, like, I think the biggest thing, like, with homebrew is that you can get PSP games running. Yeah. If you have, like, the. OLED Vita, uh, Vita, the first generation one, even the second one has a good screen, but that OLED screen is really good in the first gen. Like, the colors really pop and everything, it's really nice to play PSP games on that screen. Given the resolution of PSP games is super fucking low, but yeah, it's it's really nice to play those PSP games on there. 
Yeah, exactly. It's got it's got two advantages actually to uh, adrenaline being on there because one is you can play it on the PS Vita and it looks really nice, and you can also put it on the PS TV and actually have a way of streaming and playing PlayStation Portable stuff on TV, which is nice. So you, you get the best of both worlds, no, no matter which version of the Vita you have, which yeah. I appreciate a lot. The only thing I didn't really get with the uh, PlayStation TV. Um, is that they they had the DualShock 4 compatibility, so that thing also has a touchpad, so they could have just used the touchpad on the DualShock 4, but I don't think they did that. No, it's kind of weird. It is kind of weird because Sony made the hardware, and they can't really make it work with each other. the The touchscreen even works when you have like that add-on you can do on a modded beta. You can add a DualShock 4 to it, which I did, and the touchscreen on that. The touchpad from the DualShock 4 works on that, so that's kind of weird. Well, it's like it works, but you have to flick a setting on in the menu. But even then, even when you turn that on, games yeah. that require the touchscreen still don't work. It, which is weird. Yeah, but supposedly the reasoning behind that was it was at, en- at the end of the life of the PS Vita and PS TV because the PS TV tanked as well, even harder potentially. So that was sort of a way of pushing people back over to the Vita. They're like, yeah, even though this game perfectly supports the PS TV, we're just going to make it so you can't use it, so people will buy a Vita instead. It's like one of the... You know, I'm a, I'm a diehard Sony fan, but the thing, the things they do sometimes, I don't really get it. Like on their phones, they have like... You can unlock it and everything, but you lose some functionality after you unlock, and that's it's just sort of weird. And I, sometimes I don't get it, but it's it's just above of my knowledge. Mm, yeah, it, it's it's a Japanese corporation. You just don't question it there. They're yeah. gods in this case. But, yeah, uh, Mirko, thanks so much for coming on the show. Anything you'd like to say before I drag back to the chill out? Yo. Br- brilliant. Great exit. Bye-bye. Th- thanks for coming on the show. Hopefully I'll have you back soon. See you later. Bye-bye. No, sir, please. And that was Mirko, and we're now about to get into the Toppy Mix, because, actually no, we're on pretty good time, I shouldn't say that, and kicking off the Toppy Mix is a track which, if you've been down in the Discord, down in the Discord, yeah, certainly, um, if you've been down in there, you'll know that this has taken on a new role, as a new morning song, Trigon has got some new competition, and it's from me, so we got to feature this in this week's Toppy Mix, but, uh, as for now... I've been Green Viper, enjoy the music, I don't know why I did it as if I was exiting because I'm not, there's still one more block left, but enjoy the music. Let's get scratching.
Yes, that was Takanobu Michiyoshi right there with the with Ridge Racer, the USA mix from the PS Vita version of Ridge Racer. Because for those of you who don't know, that had a bit of Daytona USA DLC, which is a crossover come true right there. And considering he sung the Daytona theme, it was only natural that he came back to sing a version of the Ridge Racer theme for that DLC. For that, from Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight, that was When the Moon's when the moon's reaching out styles the Hideki Nakanuma remix before that a track from Skank Funk aka Hideki Nakanuma and I forgot that I put two in a row from Super Monkey Ball 3D that was Palty Palty an unused track which only ever appeared in one trailer for the game and now with that in mind it is time to cap off the show so I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who's been tuned in tuned out whatever if you've been listening on the podcast 
any of that stuff, I want to thank you so much. We've got Rapid Run. Oh, we had Rapid Run. We had Veritex. We had Jamie. We had Twinny. We had Electric Boogaloo. We had Mirko. We had TCB. We had Callum. We had DJ Jammin' J. We had Doom Girl. We probably had some other people who have missed. We had Iron1980. We had, we had some others. And we also had some great band. We have Electric Boogaloo. I, th- I think I said you. If I didn't, I apologize, Electric. Yes, thank you so much to everyone who has been tuned in. I'm sure you've been waiting for it, and I'm sure you know what next week is, because it's time to go off-topic and look at all that news that we've missed. So that means any requests, any Sega requests are open, any gaming requests generally are open, any music you want. We're also going to be talking about any news you want, so if you want to submit some news that perhaps I might not see... Go ahead and send it to us, because I'm going to go and have a look at it. But yeah, off topic next week, and then after that we got quite a packed schedule. I've already got quite a lot of it lined up, so if you want to hear some more, tune in next week. But if you want to know what's coming up next, we've got Sega Mix Drive with the brilliant Rexy, followed by Chaos Control Center with CD-ROM and BDX, the Bad Influence, and probably RSN Live with Voice. A quite packed Saturday morning slash Friday night, I'm sure you'd agree. As for this show, we'll be back next Friday at 7pm, British Standard Time, for the same usual banter, usual hijinks, and usual tunes. Speaking of tunes, I I picked a Marmite one for last, but it's probably up there with some of my favourite Miku tracks, because... Mitchy M, the producer of this track, actually knows what he's doing with Vocaloid. He doesn't make incredibly naff music. He actually knows how to manipulate the Vocaloids to make them sound like human singers, which is much appreciated because some people really do not do that. And this is a pop anthem. Casey actually introduced me to this one in particular because it was on his Sega Ages episode and I'd never heard of it and instantly fell in love with it. So. A track from a game I hate, but it's one that I love. Hatsune Miku Project Diva X with ID is coming up last on the show. That's for me. I've been Green Viper 8. You all have been awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And, as always, stay topical.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.